I want to continue with um, God's heart for us as a church, and we've been looking at Ephesians chapter 5 just um, as one of the scriptures that describes God's desire for church, what church is meant to look like. In, in the context of, of Revelation 17, that speaks about that amazing climax of history when the Lamb and the Bride, the church, is together at the marriage supper. And um, just the fact that the bride has made herself ready. What, what does that look like as we are also um, living in a time closer to that day? How do we as church prepare ourselves, make ourselves ready for that awesome day when we hear that sound of Jesus' return? And so we were looking at scripture as God's heart for church and making what we see God desire us as church to become our goal as a local congregation, how do we grow to become what God desires us to be um, through His grace and Spirit and having that clear goal before us? And, and so we were asking this question, what does it practically look like? And I want us just for an introduction read at uh, Ephesians 4. And today I'm going to read from the ESV version, um, Ephesians 4, from verse 11. And He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed and to and fro by the waters and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the cunning, by the craftiness in deceitful schemes. But rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when every part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself in love. An amazing summary of an aspect of God's desire for church. And um, we've been looking at, the, at this for a couple of weeks. Um, what, 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 what is the role of the, of the fivefold and the saints? What is the work of the ministry? That, that we are all meant to do the work of the ministry, which literally means service. We're all meant to serve. We're all meant to serve Jesus and serve each other. And we, we looked at what it means when every part does its share, looking at the various gifts that God has given us. And, and Pastor Werner has shared with that with us two weeks ago. Where do we fit in? What are the gifts that God has given us? And how do we grow in those gifts? And, and this morning, I want to continue with um, growing up to maturity. Because one, one of these um, key aspects of God's desire for us as church is that we will all grow up to maturity, that we will not remain as children tossed here and fro by every wind of doctrine and the craftiness and deceitful plotting of men, but that we will grow up into all things into Him, a mature manhood into Christ. And what does that mean for us? How do we grow spiritually to maturity? Um, this, this concept of growing to maturity obviously starts from the Word of God. It's, it's Jesus in the New Testament, we, we see, speaks of this powerful concept of being born again. Uh, he speaks to Nicodemus and, and, and says that you must be born again. And Nicodemus obviously are, are confused by how is it possible that one must be born again, must we go back into our mother's wombs to be born again. And then Jesus obviously 
uh, challenges Nicodemus in his limited understanding. Um, and I want us just to read that um, in, in John chapter 3. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? And then Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That what is born of flesh is flesh, and that what is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. And this, of course, speaks of the mystery and the miracle of the new creation by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. When we are born again on the day of our salvation. When we bow our knee and accept Christ as Lord and Savior. We are born again into the kingdom of God as a new creation. But also as a spiritual infant. A baby in the kingdom of God. That then needs to grow up into maturity. The, the process of sanctification. From being small to becoming mature, a mature manhood, as Ephesians puts it, that we should no longer remain as children, but grow up into all things into him, into a mature manhood. So, so where and how does this work? We, we all start off as infants, as children. Praise God, I have to compete with the rain again. This morning was amazing. Um, we all start off as children when we are born again. As infants in the Lord. And then we need to grow. We need to grow up. In 1 John 1 or 1 John chapter 2, we read of these spiritual growth phases that every believer is meant to grow up in. Um, we see these three aspects of being children, young men, and fathers. It is a natural growth process. And so we read in 1 John 2 from verse 12, it says, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. And I write to you fathers because you've known him who is from the beginning. And I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. So we all start off as children. And, and you know one thing about children, spiritual children, infants, when we are born again, we are a new creation in Christ. We start this journey with with Jesus, um, children are limited in their diet. They cannot eat everything yet. As a matter of fact, the only thing that they can consume is milk. They can't have steak yet. And if you want to eat steak, you need to chew before you swallow. But when we are born as infants, we... we, we can only eat, consume milk. And, and, and one challenge about children is the fact that we need others to feed us. We can't even feed ourselves. And, and so we're dependent on, on, on a limited diet of milk and of others caring and feeding for us. That's why we read here in, in 1 Peter 2, it says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow by there, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So as children, we need milk to feed on. 
and to grow by it until such time that we can indeed eat solid food. And so we need others to feed us, but that makes us vulnerable to what we are fed. That's why uh, Ephesians says that we should no longer be children that are tossed and froed by every wind of doctrine. You know, as children, we are vulnerable to what we are fed because we are dependent on others to feed us. And therefore, the most important thing to understand when you are new in the faith is that the only pure source of nutrients to grow by is the Word of God. It is the Word of God. As a matter of fact, that remains our primary diet from beginning to end. And, and when you are still small, when you're still child in the Lord, you need others to feed you, to explain to you, to help you to understand. So if you start off with this journey and you don't understand everything, it's okay. It's okay if you don't understand everything yet. And that's why we come to church and that's why we have small group where we have others that can help us to understand what the word means. But you're not going to remain there for always. Church is not primarily for children. We have spiritual children. But church purpose is actually to grow children to become mature. Where they can not only drink milk, but grow to the place where they can eat for themselves and ultimately feed others. And that's really what we want to do with church. My greatest desire is that when you come to church, that what is taught at church is not revelation to you. But it is actually confirmation of that which you have discovered yourself. And then when you come and listen to a sermon, it is yes and amen, rather than why wow, I've never heard that before. But we all start there. And one of the challenges of church is that when we work out a sermon, when we prepare, is we need to keep in consideration that we have different kinds of, of Christians at various growth phases of life. And, and so we need to work in milk and meat at the same time, and that's sometimes a bit challenging. But that's what we endeavor to do, because in our congregation, we want to grow up in our faith to become mature. So, so we're not going to be that seeker-sensitive and, and only give milk. But we want to give meat also, and we want to encourage everybody to grow up in their faith, to becoming mature in Christ. And so I want to fast-forward this process to the point where, where, where you understand why we do all the things that we do, for what purpose we do it. We want everybody to grow. And so we all start as children, and the best milk is the word. Um, working through the basic doctrines of our faith and relationship with God. That's where we all start. In Hebrews 6, verse 1 to 3, we, see, we read the following. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, the faith towards God, the doctrine of baptisms, the laying on of hands, and the resurrection of, of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. So, so as spiritual children, we first need to grow through the basics, the elementary principles of our faith. It is the foundations. And once those things are established in a young believer's life, we can move on to maturity. Um, and, and therefore, we have encounters. 
we've got encounters one, two, three, four, and five. And the purpose of having these different courses is to actually help Christians grow. Grow in the fundamentals of the elementary of our faith in Christ. And so we want to encourage everybody to do the encounter series. Encounter one, two, three, four, and five. It is the basics. It helps us to come to the unity of the faith and the understanding, the knowledge of the Son of God. So we want to really encourage you, if you haven't yet done encounters, please do it to grow by it. That's why we present it. As a matter of fact, we present these things not because we are bored on a weekend. <laughs> now we're doing it because we want to honor God's desire for church that we will all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and that we might grow through the elementary things unto maturity. So... Um, that's why we do what we do. Children need to grow first through the basics, the foundations of our faith. In 1 Corinthians 3, we read, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready for it, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is still jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh? And behaving in a human way. And so even Paul writes to, to the congregation in Corinthians. So by the way, that was a very charismatic church. It says, but you're still infants in your faith. I wish I could move on, but, but I, need to, I need to continue to feed you milk. Because I can see the way you are living is still in a very human way. You, 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 you are still fighting amongst one another and there's divisions. And, 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 so, and so too we see in young Christians, even though they, they, they believe in Jesus, there are still areas in their life that they're still struggling with that they still act and behave in, in a human way, almost the way they used to before they got saved. Um, they need to grow up. We, we, children grow up by what God said, and, but, but some still struggle to apply it in their lives. And that's okay. It's okay if you meet a Christian that is still struggling to apply the word of God in their lives. They, they're still struggling. They still, they still live in a human way, even though they believe in Jesus, but they, they're struggling with this. I, I say that, especially for us who are mature, that we don't get impatient and frustrated with some young believers that are still struggling to apply God's word in their life. Uh, children still often react in the flesh, behaving in a human way, it's when we start to apply the word of God that we grow up to adulthood. You know, 1 Corinthians 14 says, Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. You see, spiritual young children still think like the world. And they struggle with their thinking. They still need to be renewed by the washing of the water of the word to start to think differently. Like Galatians 4 verse 3 says, in the same way we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of this world. So spiritual children might still be struggling with the flesh and temptation. And that is why it's so important for those who are mature to remember that. That's part of the process. 
Those who are mature should not grow impatient with the young in the Lord, but in a loving way feed and care for them, speaking the truth in love until they can eat for themselves. Because just because some are struggling does not mean they are not committed. They are just still young. And so we need to have patience with those who are still struggling. And in a loving way, speaking the truth in love, help them to apply the word in their lives. That brings us to young men. Young men are those who have grown to the point where they can eat, discern, and apply the word for themselves. When you've grown from a place where you're dependent on others to give you and to explain to you that you have grown to the place where through application you have moved from the knowledge of what is right and wrong, the knowledge of Christ, in the application of it. Then you grow up to maturity. Young men are those who have grown to that point where they can eat, discern, and apply the word for themselves. Hebrews 5 verse 12 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need somebody to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. And so young men grow through training by constant practice of the application of the word of God until it becomes part of the way we live and see the world around us. From knowing the word to applying the word of God. The way you think and act change from the way the world does to a biblical worldview. And following the example of Christ. Through practice, serving, and facilita facilitation. Facilitation. Facilitating. <laughs> Um, and, and that's why we have Bible school. Bible school is a great tool for young men and women to grow in their understanding and application of the Word of God. And we want to really encourage everybody to, to grow through encounters, to come and do Bible school so that you can grow by it, living in a way that reflects Christ in everyday life. Uh, 2 Peter 1 says, but also for this very reason, give all diligence to add to your faith. To add to your faith virtue and virtue knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance to perseverance, godliness to godliness, brotherly kindness to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, so when we start off as children in the Lord, we, we start off with faith. That's the only thing we have. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that He is our Savior. That He paid the price for our sins and through faith in Him, we can have eternal life. That's where children start. But, but you need to grow from that place of the basics and add to your faith virtue and virtue Godly knowledge and knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance and perseverance, godliness and godliness, brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness, love, which is the expression of who God is. And so you need to grow through the application of the word of God to maturity until we all 
mature, until we mature in all things, as Ephesians says. It says it powerfully, but speaking the truth in love might grow up in all things into him who is dead. Christ. That's really God's desire for us as church, is that we will not just be so seeker sensitive that we only feed milk to those who come in for the first time, but that we also give steak that you need to chew before you swallow it. So sometimes our sermons are going to have a balance between milk and meat for that very purpose, because we need to feed everybody, and if it's meat, please chew before you swallow. Otherwise, you're going to choke. Some things you need to chew first. But if you mature, you will be able through discernment and practice wrestle through the challenging bits before you swallow it so that you may grow by it. Um, And then we get to becoming fathers. You know, fathers are those who have grown up to maturity. And can now feed others. You know, fathers care and feed for children. It is the perfect cycle of discipleship. We start off as children where we depend on others to feed us milk. And then we grow up to maturity where we can eat for ourselves and discern for ourselves. And start to chew before we swallow. And then we come to maturity where we are able to actually feed others again. And that's the perfect cycle of church. And we want everybody to grow up to become fathers as 2 timothy 2 says so powerfully and these things that you've heard from me among many witnesses commit these things to faithful men who are able to teach others also the perfect cycle of discipleship and and that's one of the reasons why we have small groups small groups are there so that the young children can be fed by fathers and the fathers can feed young children It is a place where young men in the spirit can grow in the application of the truth, expressing itself in love. The reason why we do small groups is not because we want an organogram or some complicated system. We actually actually facilitate small groups because we understand what a powerful tool it is for all of us to grow spiritually in a safe environment, in a small group where, where people in a loving way care for one another, pray for one another, encourage one another to grow spiritually. So it's a perfect place for children, young men and fathers where we learn to grow together in Christ likeness. And I want to really encourage you, the reason why we have small groups is so that we all can grow to become the bride that Christ wants us to be, which ultimately builds and grows this church from love, out of love. Love is is the ultimate goal of church, is that we start to love each other the way Christ loves us. And that's why we do small groups. And so we want to really encourage everybody to be part of a small group because there is where our faith becomes real in a safe environment and once we manage to get it right in small group it will be so much easier to do it out in the world amen so please understand where we're coming from when we gently nudge you into that area and so as church we want to give a buffet for those who follow jesus from milk to steak and everything in between. Different meals for different people. Different sermons. We, we 
aim to cater for all and to grow all. Not only for the young or the mature. We all need to grow and continue to grow. But one thing that we are not going to do is we are not going to leave you as children. We're going to gently nudge you out of your comfort zone so that you can grow. Amen? So, so that's, that's why we do all these things. And, and, and we're going to do mission trips and outreaches. Um, and, and, and we want to encourage you to participate. When we do encounters and foundations and small group, we're going to nudge you out of your comfort zone. But because like any child that grows up in his father's house, there comes a time where mom and dad says, you know, it's not time for you to go. <laughs> we used to uh, feed you and, you know, you didn't have to worry about your rent and where your food is coming from and who's going to wash and iron and all those things. But you know what? You're getting older now. It's time to launch. You know, what's that? Failure to launch. <laughs> it's time to get out of the house, you know. And, and it's when we get out of the house where we grow up. I, I was fortunate enough when I, when I left home to go to the army. Because, you know what? I never made my bed. I never washed my own clothing. Never mind ironing. Yes, and day one, there was this guy shouting at me calling me all kinds of stuff, and my mother and my father and my grandfather and my grandmother, teaching me how <laughs> to wash and to iron. And then, you know, I do my best I can, and then, you know, there's like three naughty, three naughty with the afloop. And then, screen fluke I noch meer op my, and it says, you know, what are these railway tracks on your pants? Are you, are you missing home? And, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know. So I got taught, I grew up very quickly. And, and you know, one of the things that I learned when I got home, I all of a sudden appreciated my mom so much more. It's like, mom, you, you are so great. I have food and it's not out of a can. And it actually tastes like something. And, and you wash my clothes and, and you iron for me. It's just so, mom, you're just so my. I never appreciated it before, you know. You know, I just had a duvet. When I was in the army, you know, you had to iron you, you need, we had to square our beds. It took us three hours to make our beds. You know, it had to be level. You need to iron the, the sheets in with uh, the that even the even the blanket. You had to take your toothbrush and you had to comb all the hairs to one side and the middle two stripes, you had to comb to this stripe. And then you needed the level to make sure that the bed is perfectly. Because if it's not, that guy that swears at you the whole time comes in and he kicks all your bed and he shouts at you, you just spent three hours making. Oh, hallelujah. All that I'm saying is, it was a good thing. <laughs> it was a good thing. To get out of the house, to get out of my comfort zone, and to grow. And, and so to in church, we're not going to kick over your bed, don't worry. And we're not going to swear at you. But we are going to gently nudge you from time to time just to get out of your comfort zone. Wherever you are spiritually, to grow. Because it's when we get out of our comfort zone and, and we start to eat a little bit different food and, and, and apply the word in our lives that we start to grow and, and so we want to encourage you when these opportunities to serve to participate to join please do so even though it feels uncomfortable 
uh, it's uncomfortable because we all still need to grow. We grow to the point where what seems uncomfortable becomes normal. And so we become more like Christ. John 15 verse 7 says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. Amen? That is where we're heading for. That is why we do the things that we're doing. So we are all somewhere in this growth process. Our aim is that everyone should grow and function as we prepare ourselves to be the bride that is ready for his return. We are growing up because we want to make ourselves beautiful for him. Not out of obligation or fear, but because of love. His love for us and our response to that love for us. And then Ephesians 4 in conclusion Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When every part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Please do not stay where you are at, but let us grow together in love so that we may glorify him when he returns amen amen let's pray together maybe if we can i'm going to pray but if we can sing that song again there is no higher call such a beautiful summary father i i thank you for this privilege we have to be called your children to be in your kingdom to be redeemed forgiven embraced as your own, sealed with your spirit and given an inheritance and eternal life. What an amazing privilege. Lord, I pray that we will respond to it in love, understanding what you have given us and what we have gained. Help us by your spirit to change, to become more like Christ so that you may be glorified. Lord, I pray that for each and every one of us. And especially those who are here today, this morning, maybe for the first time you're in a place where you realize you have not fully given your life to God. You've not experienced that embrace as a, from a father that says you are mine. That God comes to you and say, because of your response towards my love, I accept you as my own and give you eternal life. If you are here this morning and you are not certain, you're not sure of this reality in your life, I want to give you an opportunity to embrace this Father that loves you so much and has so much for you, wants to change you to become whole, to become new, to become mature in Christ. If that is you this morning and you've realized that you've never made that commitment or you're not certain of your salvation and you want to make sure by embracing Christ today, I want to give you an opportunity while all the eyes are closed just to raise your hand and say, Lord, I want to accept your love, your grace and your salvation. Thank you for those hands. Just just raise it up high. Lord, I thank you for as people respond everywhere, Lord. I thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, you can drop it again. 
Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, that you will come into their lives, Lord, that you will flood them with your spirit and your love. Lord, I pray that you will lift them up, Lord, and celebrate them. Lord, I thank you. Heaven rejoices because people are turning to you and your sacrifice was worth it. It was worth it for each and every one that responds to you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will reveal yourself more and more to them as they grow up in you into this inheritance that you have for each and every one of us. Now, Lord, I pray for the rest of us, Lord, that have accepted you, Lord, that, that is responding to you, Lord, and your call to follow you closer, deeper. I want to give each and every one of us just an opportunity, just where you're seated, just to respond to the Lord in your own words, no matter where you're at as a child, a young man, or a father, just to respond to God's invitation to grow. Just where you are, in your own words, in your own heart, just speak to the Lord. I'm going to ask the facilitators to just pray with those who responded to the article. Let's just stand together and we're going to conclude with that song. And if you need some prayer, I'm going to be here for a